good. We're, we're good. We are. Okay. Hey, okay. <laughs> Hello. Hello. So, how's it going? Oh, man, you know, I'm just out here chilling. Yeah, it's, it's a, nice a Friday. Week. It's actually quite nice outside, very windy. How hey, are you doing? I don't like the wind. I don't like the wind at all. I don't either. It fucks up your hair. I, I'm 133 pounds, and so, like, <laughs> are the you wind really? will, yeah, no, it, the wind will You're 133 pounds? What do I look? What do I look like? How tall are you? Like, 5'8"-ish. Maybe, like, 140 at least? 140. See, when I'm on a regular diet, yes. When I eat three meals a day and work out, yes, naturally. But even then, if I wanted to, like, I guess, increase or get more gains, my gain range is, like, I guess, like, 160, I guess. But, like, my, I guess my, my normal, like, three meals a day, kind of, like, working out all the time is just, like, 145, 150. How, uh, when you're doing something like that, how long does it last until you revert back to, like, your lifestyle that doesn't maintain that? It depends. It's like a, this time around, it was more of a seasonal depression thing. I don't even know if it really was, like, a seasonal depression. But I can remember the day where I just stopped working out altogether. It was like, because I have back issues, too. So I've been, for the past maybe two, three months, I've been doing nothing but, like, just PT and just, like, rehab, going to chiropractor and everything. Because I actually had, if you can tell my feet are a little fucked up, <laughs> um, I have a scar right down the middle of my foot right there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Oh, I see. Actually, a lot of my problems stemmed from having foot surgeries and everything. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So Do you I, still feel effects from that? I actually just got some new foot levelers from the chiropractor. Okay, and that's they're, cool. They're they really cool because they have, they're able to, they have arch support on each side. So, like, at the front, they have support on the front of your foot, the mm -hmm. back of your foot. That's why they call them foot levelers. And then on both sides, too. So, literally level all your feet out and every, like, last little ligament and muscle and tendon that's, like, not being activated. Because I feel it all the time, especially when I go to the chiropractor. What do you feel? Like, I do decompression sessions. And so, it basically is a machine that just sits me on the table and they pull me and pull me, like, it goes, it doesn't go more than For maybe your about. your back? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it doesn't go more than maybe about half your body weight. It feels so good. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. But even, like, after a couple times, there were times where I feel, like, muscles in my quads activating again. It's like. What do you mean? Why is that a problem? Oh, no, it felt great. It was amazing. Oh, so you're saying because you do that, you start to feel exactly. your legs rather than your back. Exactly. Good. Exactly. And so, like, everything was kind of just pulling down on my back, which is causing my spine to compress, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can keep up, like, your fitness, if it doesn't hurt you anymore, then you have some motivation to do it again, no? So, like, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It's like, because last week, it was the first time. So I was still kind of active here and there. Like, I'll go play seven-on-seven seven a couple times. Mm -hmm. But, like, last week, I went back, like, started playing basketball with friends. And then, like, this week, I actually got, like, went to the gym and actually lifted. So, for right now, I actually can't, like, put anything on my back. Because, like, wouldn't probably be the smartest thing to do. Yeah. But, like, for a little bit and kind of tailoring a workout around that. Definitely. It's hard now because I play football, powerlifting. And so There's just, so many good resources mm -hmm. to do that, though. Mm -hmm. I know. I'm finding them now. But, like, I guess it's hard to break old habits, I guess. Yeah, I would say that your diet probably has a large part of that. Like, if you were to get your diet in check and know what you're doing in the kitchen, it would make working out a lot easier. Mm -hmm. 
So I have like, cause like so you took a look in there. So I have like stuff like chili, mm-hmm. and cause I was thinking, especially like moving out, being on my own and everything, having meals that I wouldn't have to come back and cook all the time, especially with work, school. Yeah. You, you, you know, you know how it goes. Cause you're in school and you work too. You, yeah. You, in the gym all the fucking time so you always have to maintain some kind of eating like pattern what pattern or schedule kind of right well there's two questions you can ask is one do you like to cook and two what foods do you feel like you could eat throughout the week first one's yes i do like to cook i realize that lately second one i really can't pinpoint on that it's like when i was going to work i actually got quit my job like last week but when I was going to work, Rip. yeah, no, hey, it's happened. <laughs> yeah, I've never it been more free. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. I've never had more, like, just guys' headspace since then. Mm-hmm. But like, then I would take, usually I'd cook, like, maybe, like, a brisket or a pulled pork for my, like, weekly protein kind of thing. And then I'll throw it with some eggs in the morning, which would make a breakfast taco in the morning because it's easier. Okay. And then if I want to take it for lunch or anything, then I'll take maybe, like, a barbecue sandwich with it or, like... Even, like, take ta- more tacos, like, with some lettuce, pulled pork, everything, and green sauce. Let me ask you this. Why are, why pork? Why pulled pork it's and cheap. barbecue? It's cheap. It's cheap. It's cheaper How right much now. is it per pound? Right now? And are you getting this frozen? Mm-mm. No, no, no. Okay, so mm-hmm. how much is it per pound? Yeah. Per pound, right now, we go for about... So I just bought one that's roughly, like, $8. So they're... Eight dollars per pound? Are like you joking? Pound. It was like a No, 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 no. It was eight dollar one. It was one eight dollar okay. pulled pork. No, no, no. Oh, I see, I Hell see. No. I was about to say like <laughs> no, you're eating no, some no. gourmet shit over here. Dude. No, 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 no. It's the opposite of what I just said. I so, got like, you. I, I see what you're saying. So yeah. about like a dollar, dollar or so. Yeah. So like it's cheaper for right now. Chicken's cheap too. That's chicken's thing. very and cheap. Chicken. That's the thing. Is like finding new ways to make chicken. I guess. For sure. Instead for of sure. just like cause I'm just gonna fry the shit. Just me. I'm either yeah. gonna fry it or I'm gonna go out there on the grill and marinate it and grill it. So you're looking for something that tastes good and also is cheap and yeah, right. Yeah, kind of just expanding my own palate, I guess. You know, yeah. I, I eat a lot more. I guess I'm more inclined to eat vegetables now than I was when I was younger. Cause like I never like she like corn and everything. Mm-hmm. I did not fuck with corn at all. Like now, I will fuck with corn all day. I think that's part of the problem. Is like, I'm gonna assume you buy corn in a can. No, 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 no. Cob, cob fresh. Really? Yeah. No. See, if that's that's pretty uncommon. I've never. I I don't think I've ever been unless I'm at a barbecue. Then mm-hmm. like I'll see corn on a cob. See, I would do that, and that's like the times I do because see, you go like H E B or something, and they'll have like steaks on sale for like maybe like four steaks for like twenty dollars, right? And so I just do that. I just go grill the steaks, grill the corn, makes me lote out of it. Mm-hmm. You, had a, you had a lote? Mm-mm. It's like that uh, Mexican cream corn kind of thing. You ever oh, seen okay, like yeah, okay. they put it like on the on a stick. And it's like a lime, yeah, it's it's like a lime yeah. mayonnaise, and then like uh, what kind of cheese? It's like either Parmesan or it's like cotilla. Like it's got like, some pepper on it too. Mm, yes, the red pepper. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I would do that anytime. But yeah, more or less, more or less, I'll grill my I'll grill my corn. See, that's well, one the way that our economic system, not to cap on capitalism completely, but it functions so that the people who are in a lower class us um i mean and i just use mine wisely like i know how much i'm gonna spend at the grocery store and i keep food a priority Mm. but like you probably could too it's just a problem is like because of the way it's structured those people don't have access to the foods that someone 
might. So it looks like what you're looking for is something that's cheap and something that's convenient and tastes good. Exactly. And I mean, that's just that's fast food in in, in a nutshell. Oh yeah, for you sure. Know, it's poisonous, like, but you know whatever. I won't. I I think McDonald's in particular, but fuck, I could eat the fuck out of a McDouble. I love yes. McDoubles. Yes. But I think that's most people's dilemma when it comes to food is, like, we're so used to knowing, okay, protein, that's, like, meat. But we don't specify which meats have the best content, mm-hmm. are the healthiest for your body. Fat content as well. Fat content especially. So, I mean, most people could probably switch out and substitute particular foods, like, with corn, maybe put avocado or asparagus, mm-hmm. something like that. Avocado is a fat, but it's a good fat. Um, Avocados are one of those superfoods, right? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I love the way, like, I feel I started eating them about two years ago, and they do help with your energy. But the point of all of that is if you do start to have a better diet that's, like, consistent throughout the day, you eat fruits and yogurt in the morning, or, like, you have eggs plus egg whites, Mm -hmm. which are about $4 per container, but worth it. It can last you a week. What's the difference between just eating egg whites and eating regular eggs? Like, do you get more protein or just, is it leaner from the egg whites, I guess? Well, they extract the yolk, which holds all the fat in an egg. So you okay, just okay. get the protein content, which is really nice. I never knew that. Super yes. easy to eat. I mean, okay. you can get a fuckload of protein from that. And it's just the small things that, like, we don't necessarily make aware, although, like, we may see it in the grocery store. But we're going in the grocery store, and we're not trying to look for new healthy foods that we know really know we have no knowledge about. We're, like, looking we're for looking foods for that we're familiar with. And what can fit our lifestyle, too. What can fit our lifestyle? What's going to be the best for my bank account, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just think that the way our economic system function has a, a big impact in how people... Or what people consume. Or what people consume in general, I guess. Or what the cross from, like, from food, yeah. television, music, everything, really. Everything. You know, but right now we're talking about food, so we stay on food. Food's but good. Food is great. I love food. No, nah, see... My favorite food, I just have to say, if there's nothing else, just a good sandwich. Because you can blend anything on a sandwich. You can you blend can like anything on a sandwich. You can blend the bread. You get different bread, mm-hmm. different meat, different vegetables, different sauce, dressing, whatever. Yeah. So, that's what I like. You what know, using, you? like, salad dressing is maybe a, a condiment that you would use, like, mayo or ketchup or mustard. I say that. I say that. I would use mayo. I don't really like Italian dressing. Italian dressing? That'd be such a fucking weird one to put on a slab of bread. What about, like, ranch? I mean, well, they pretty much do that. It depends. It depends. On a, like, a turkey bacon ranch, yes. Because it makes sense. You know what I mean? There are certain foods that blend better together. You know? I will tell you, though, I got a PB and Cool J from Burger Mojo. I've had it three (sighs) times now. Is it actually good? It is... I've never 9. ever. 9.9 out of 10. I have, I have not bring myself, brought myself to try a peanut butter and jelly burger. It is. At all. Amazing. Burger Mojo. Burger Mojo. Anybody from Burger Mojo is watching this, shout out to Burger Mojo because that's the most certified place in mm-hmm. College Station right now. I, like Burgers, breakfast tacos are good as shit too. Fries. Fries are good as shit too. The chicken nuggets are good as shit too. And I really haven't. Especially as like a small, just individual like place. I guess, like, mm-hmm. not like a chain restaurant. It's, like, such a, being from here especially, it's such a relief. Yeah. Having somewhere else to go besides, like, Whataburger and McDonald's and shit. But you can, Mojo you can, ain't even busy when I go up on Holloman, though. I'm like, that's so You nice. go to one on Holloman? The yeah, because I live close to there, yeah. Okay. It's, it's cool. It's crazy, because, like, I'm actually the same distance from both of them. 
You wouldn't think you wouldn't think so. But I looked it up. It, they are the same distance. Holloman's got to beat it. Less people are going to be there than university. But the thing is, I have to drive down Holloman and have to cross the train tracks. Yeah. And then you know if you know anything about going down, if you know anything about driving in College Station in general, if you go down Welburn and you hit any of the lights crossing Welburn, you will be at that light for a fat ass minute. That's why I don't like going to that one. Yeah, that's yeah. what happened on the way here. Mm-hmm. I got stuck at the train tracks behind a really exactly. long line. Exactly. College station. <laughs> College station infrastructure. College station grow. Oh, it's growing. It's growing just yeah, it is. at a fastly slow rate. I don't know. Like it grows fast. Cause you are you born and raised here too? No, I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I came here when I was two years old. So okay, so you're basically just Texan by heart at that point. Yeah. Wait, do you really remember anything from New Mexico at all? Or have you ever been back? Yeah, uh, me and my boyfriend, Jake, we went a couple years ago, and we, like, went to a few Airbnbs, um, and we hiked and went skiing in Taos. My ankle was hurt, though. And um, then we went to Albuquerque, and I actually saw the house that I was born in because I asked my parents for the address. I was like, let me go check this out. You were born in a hospital? I was born in a hospital. Okay, okay, I'm about to say. I, I, no, I was born in a. I guess okay. what I mean by the that house is you like. Grew up in when you yeah, were in okay, that, okay. that those two years and there was like turtles outside on the deck and stuff. So I don't remember much. I think I remember falling off a trampoline or something. But other than that, I just have memories from Texas. So College Station in particular. Yeah, no. It's, it's what about you? Born and raised. Born nice. and raised, College Station, Texas. People ask me and they're like, "What? Like how?" I'm just like, I've. Have no, I had no other choice, I guess, until I was 18, and then, I guess, Stockholm Syndrome, I guess, comfortability. Oh, my God, yeah. Stockholm Syndrome nah. referring to a city, that's pretty funny. No, I nah. feel you. I mean, like, a But I feel bit. you. That's kind of every hometown, in a sense. Yeah, definitely, because... because go ahead. Well, I'm supposed to move to... I am going to move to Dallas. Got, like, apartments ready to go, sublet my place. I've never been at a college station, you know? Mm-hmm. Not on my own, especially, and so um, I'm just sitting here, like, I, there, there are certain things that this town, it, its culture is what I'm brought up by. So, like, I like the culture here. I feel like I've developed decently well here, but I know that there's other things that, like, cities can offer, so I really want to go see the culture. But I do like, you know, have being up right here. It was nice. It's, it's weird because, like, it's a more or less conservative town, I guess. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not very conservative, I guess. Well, people are coming from other places. Every, everywhere. So, like, yeah. especially, like, we're talking about summer day camp and everything. Like, with, like, counselors, one thing I noticed is that we had counselors of every single race and mm-hmm. from counselors from every part of, the, like, America. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like growing up around them and growing up around college students in a very diverse, a very diverse university, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, I guess... Getting used to college life didn't really, wasn't really an issue, I guess. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's certain places you, if you are someone who values being conservative um, over, like, the education that you get or, like, where you want to go and be and, like, what school has this credibility, then you can definitely choose a college based on its, like, level of conservativeness or liberalness, like, 
people who want to go to a more conservative school would go to Baylor. People who want to go to a more liberal school might go to UT. You know, so there's like so many different areas to explore. I think all school, a lot of schools are starting to like, I guess, lean towards more of like a liberal approach, I guess. More or less. Yeah. I mean. Unless the ones that are based on values, like Baylor Christian University, like, mm-hmm. that. I don't know if that they would ever, but then again, they may be called that and labeled that, but are the students like the same, the same acting in that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I don't know, it could go both ways. Because you've seen, I feel like there's, there's always been protests on colleges and everything. Oh, yeah, I, I, so, I, I remember, because I was going to ask you, you posted on your Snapchat about that one guy, Uh, I wanted to ask you about that, too. Yeah. What was he, what was he talking about again? It was like. So, I study philosophy, and I'll, they, really? uh, As a philosophy minor, I want to major in communications. Okay, I gotcha. Podcast. Great, that is a wonderful combination, because Mm -hmm. I wanted to minor, or get my master in communication, because Mm -hmm. philosophy and communication. Go hand in hand go hand in hand but um outside the ymca building i think they do this because people want to debate over there like rather than going to over by the engineering buildings or stem Mm -hmm. so they come around there a lot outside the academic and ymca and it'll be like this man in particular i don't know the woman that was with him but she was holding like a bunch of factual points about how jesus christ like was real and the bible is real and I had, like, two thoughts. Either these people are out there just to hear people come and debate them. Maybe they're doing a social experiment. um, Or they really, really believe this. So I would, like, stand there for five minutes, and I would listen to the person that was talking to them and kind of hear them banter back and forth. And, like, I I don't think I would – I've never talked to them because nobody's going to change their mind. And, honestly, like, I don't feel like they would have a good argument – further side just because of the signs that they put up in the first place so I'm like that would be a pointless conversation mm-hmm. I don't want to go argue with someone just like yeah, well, that you can't really change their mind I guess I mean yeah, not even really like, trying to change their mind I guess I guess from a I guess philosophical perspective I try to especially with talking to people who I don't necessarily agree with I guess I try to go from like more of a Socratic approach you know what I mean mm-hmm. more just like a listening and asking questions and also making making more or less broad statements that could kind of get down to the pinpoint of what we're trying to get to, I guess. Oh, so you're trying to get personal. Like, a little bit, For sure. Like, a little bit, like... Socrates is very nurturing. As a... I guess as a person, me, like, interacting with people, I'm able to get, like, information out of people very easily. People, like, usually offer information up. Okay, Mars and Scorpio. It's not even like... Oh, yeah, wait, wait. I mean, like... Yeah, a little bit. I forget my Mars and Scorpio. So, is is the and let me just ask you this: What do you think about astrology? It's highly accurate bullshit. It's a good way to put it, but a very yes. that's oxy that's an oxymoron. oxymoron. Exactly, because hmm, it's like throwing a dart at a dartboard. I guess you can you're gonna hit something. You may not be accurate with it because the way I see it is that astrology gives us a basis based off where you were born, but everybody's different you know what i mean everybody has different experiences did you put your time in like how like researching astrology have you ever looked at your birth chart yeah so you know the exact time you were born yes okay so the information on your (laughs) so that's what you put on snapchat Mm, yes i believe so okay continue so let's see my first 
who was it that introduced me to astrology? It was oh my. Uh, it was French class, my freshman year. Dana Bader. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yes. That's so funny. <laughs> Dana Bader introduced me to astrology. She basically had this book about astrology, which I had never, ever seen before, never even heard of it at this point, and asked me when my birthday was and proceeded to read me a brief synopsis of myself. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like a, or more or less, I guess, not the the true kind of inside, I guess, you know? It's kind of like, oh, shit. Like, what book is this? <laughs> and that's when it kind of hit me. And at first, I got into, like, going through high school, it's like the meme astrology and shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so kind of is. It, it's all it always is. But now, I, when I learned my my moon, that's when shit really made sense. <laughs> what, the Sag- is it Sagittarius, yes, right? Okay. Yes. Because I'm a Pisces son, if no one knows. But the Sagittarius moon made a lot of sense. Because, like, that's why I feel this way sometimes, maybe. Mm-hmm. you know? And, like, I guess, from my perspective, <laughs> you can, someone can read astrology and say, this has nothing to do with me. You know, this does not describe me at all. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I guess, like, if it does describe you, I mean, why not run, why not run with it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't I wouldn't say necessarily, like, me personally, I don't read horoscopes every day. You know what I mean? What What is a horoscope? I guess, like, the things that... I don't know, like, there's, like, an actual, like, definition. Well, so when you read your horoscope, (laughs) let me ask you, do you go based on Pisces, or do you go based on your rising? Do you know my rising? No. Libra. Libra. Yes. Does that make a little more sense? Do you read the Libra horoscope? No. So, horoscopes are read to... Try and figure out the energy of the day. So how it's done is you have your individual chart. Mm -hmm. And all 12 planets, they have the same name. They all run through the same degrees. And they have the same 12 signs and planets like associated with them. That's been stuck. So what it does is it takes the current planetary transits that are happening. And it puts them on top of your chart. So you can see how the... The planets and stars were aligned. Were aligned, right. But that is based on your house system mm-hmm. which now, I, I haven't actually learned about the house system i've, I've read key. i've read everything like just from where it goes where it starts and then where it goes down to where it ends mm-hmm. but i've never actually like looked into it yeah i mean it's definitely a pseudoscience but i will say that it um it's it's i think it's a quite logical thing to assume that the planets do have an effect on us however there's no exact evidence scientific evidence because it's just has not been proven so but at the same time you say that i mean if you read your horoscope or if you read your synopsis of your sun sign moon sign or rising sign and they add up to what you really feel i mean who can really tell you wrong you know what i mean yeah exactly it's it's like it's it almost feels like y- you're throwing a dart at a dartboard just in general, though, because it would be nice if the universe had some type of law. But there's not. But there's no law. So it's actually, there's a book I have in my backpack. It's uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's book, The mm-hmm. Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. The first page of that book is actually said, the universe is in no obligation to make sense to you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So we try and make sense of it. We create religion. We create um, different, like, systems of people living, um, different, like, purpose through our jobs. But uh, psychology, 
um, which is, you know, I think psychology is kind of the collaborator with astrology. One just has much more ability and fruitfulness for scientific testing, which is psychology. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've clearly demonstrated because psychology was a pseudoscience during Freud's time because just the lack of evidence and um, experimentation experimentation they had done. But now they have so much experimentation and brain scans, et cetera, et cetera. They know how each hormone or chemical in your brain can affect your physicality that at this point they have enough evidence to definitely deem it a science. So most people will tell you like, oh, I've had people that feel comfortable taking the MBTI because I, I've been into astrology since 2018. It, I What's the MBTI? MBTI is a personality. It's a Myers-Briggs personality okay, okay. test. Okay, Myers-Briggs. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. And, um, I, I, I never actually like heard it in the acronym of it. Mm-hmm. People say Myers-Briggs usually. Okay. MBTI. Yeah, I remember. I remember doing that because I took a psychology class as well. And it's crazy because like, we were talking about earlier, psychology, philosophy, and communications all go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Understanding humans, mm. human nature, and understanding how to talk to people. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, with the MBTI, it seems to be the case that more people are comfortable when I ask, oh, what's your um, Myers-Briggs personality type? And, or people are more open to take that test than feel comfortable with Astrology. me uh, analyzing a birth chart for them. Yes, I've noticed that. Would you say astrology is a lot more taboo? It's definitely a lot more taboo. Yes, because people have taken it in some type of, I don't want to say religious, but spiritual. And I mean, I assume you could. You're talking about like planetary bodies being some type of connection with us. But the Bible does say we are in this world, but not of this world. And I mean, people can interpret the Bible like and, and, and we each to their own. I was like, I told you I was playing basketball a little bit yesterday. And we had this, we had a brief talk about that actually, about like religion, but not really religion, just kind of like the separation between religion and the continue yeah i want to get off track real quick (laughs) yeah yeah well i mean i think it's something to talk about Mm -hmm. um and you can really get to know how someone understands the world by asking that simple question Mm -hmm. you know like do you read the bible have you read the bible do you have any religious like beliefs and then you can were you raised in a religious household i guess my dad's side of my family is Jewish, so when I take a blood test, I'm 50% Ashkenazi Jew, and I feel that has a lot to do with, like, how I feel culturally. My mom's side is just German, um, you know, English Christian, um, but neither of my parents displayed any type of moral obligation to their religion, and therefore their actions just did not speak it. So... I never thought much of religion at all, hmm. but I did want to find something because I felt out of control, and that's what people want in religion is like the sense of control. Yes, and a sense of I talked about this yesterday. A sense of belonging to something that's bigger that you feel is bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. It's you know? peaceful. Mm-hmm. It's peaceful. It's peaceful. It's reassuring as mm-hmm. a person. Cause like I was told you, I was watching because um, you, you brought up all my books down there, and I was watching Over Mice and Men the movie the other night, and. Um, I think it was the slave crooks he talked about how devastating and how much being lonely being truly lonely can just eat away at somebody yeah. you know and not having a sense of connection to anything else you know what i mean yeah being completely disconnected from i guess any sense of reality because yeah. reality is whatever you make it you know what i mean but at the same time like i said there's the consciousness we have in our brains i guess 
has the ability to differentiate, you know, between what we want and our desires, I guess, and what's actually in front of us, mm-hmm. you know, to, I guess, put it in a better perspective. I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling, too. Yeah, no, I feel you. <laughs> I mean, and... If you can really pick up on what I said, I don't even really know what I just said anyways. I think <laughs> I, I pick up what you're saying. Like, there's definitely something greater that allows us to, like, feel we're not alone, but mm-hmm. we have to differentiate between, like, being in this reality and knowing that there is something that's not real, but we're connected with it type exactly. of deal. Exactly. Metaphysics. It's... It's a lot. But, yes, <laughs> astrology is taboo. And I think also... People who you, like, I see, like, TikToks and stuff, and people will be using crystals, and they're, like, they associate astrology with crystals. I never use crystals. Mm -hmm. I I know nothing about crystals. I'm not going to lie. I think it's beautiful and aesthetically pleasing, but I don't know anything about that. I don't know about, like, energy transferring. I like to light a candle, but to me, it's a very logical practice. There's nothing spiritual about it. I mean, um, there's... Uranus, it means this. It's in this degree. How is it an aspect with another planet? What does this mean? It's fair. It's the same way you can, I guess, from my personal perspective, it's kind of like the way I can see how I just feel on different days. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, some days you may feel way different, you know, just from the rip, just getting up out of your bed, then you feel another day. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. could, Could it be the chemicals in your body? Of course. Could it be the stars the, the sun of course you know and but who's to say that all of these don't go hand in hand at the same time and like i said that's where astrology kind of the study of it i guess kind of comes into it i guess the pseudoscience of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people want i think so the studies that were done back in the 1920s their idea was astrology is not a science because one the lack of evidence and falsifiability mm-hmm. and two the fact that you are like trying to predict something. People want to come, they use the examples of people coming to astrologers, which many people in history have done, and they want a forecast read, something like a forecast. Oh, you're going to have this type of love life, or like this is going to happen in the next 10 years. You can't, you cannot, like, that is taking responsibility for someone else's life in a way. Like, what if, what if that doesn't happen mm-hmm. and you were trying to expect that? Like, and then it leads to let down. Let down and mistrust. And, like, there's, I don't think astrology is good for predictive measures. I think it's more so, okay, like Sagittarius Moon, very philosophical, very open to experience. They feel emotions very spontaneously free thinkers they're opinionated and usually it has to do with like how the mother acted and then you know the how she responded to your child needs but like there there's just something about it that I think is useful in determining how a person may feel or act because it's nice to be aware of another human's energy it's a start you know it's it's somewhere to start I guess, from understanding yourself. Yeah. Especially. And like I said, when I first got mine read, it was kind of like a, just like a, like, oh shit. Like, someone else knows, like, the camera's in this bitch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the first way, that's the way it first felt. And then, like, 
learning about like my whole entire chart. Like I said, Mar- I have Mars and Scorpio. Uh-huh. I kind of know what that means, but I kind of don't. Well, what do you know about it? As a, as kind of getting a synopsis of like all the zodiac signs, like all together. I know Scorpio is probably the most like intense zodiac sign. Mm-hmm. One of them at least, and you know what? I really don't know. I can just. I really don't know that much about it, I guess. Let's look it up, actually. Well, it's in a good position. Mm -hmm. Mars is a masculine um, energy. Mm -hmm. Venus is the feminine energy, and both of them are types of love, love language and drive. Mars is... So one of them doesn't have, like, a set one. Each of them kind of plays with each other based on, like, parts of your life, like love business. Yes, they they play with each other. They're in relationships with each other. Um, So that's how it makes up a singular person. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mars is in good condition in Scorpio because it's it's ruled by Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, (laughs) there's like a lot. Would you like me to just tell you about Mars and Scorpio? Please do. do. For all you Mars and Scorpio people out there... um, Mars is a very driven planet in Scorpio, and it can be kind of black and white in how it takes its actions. Like, it's either doing one thing and really intensely, or it's not doing it at all. It's hard to get in between. Um, and this is a very general description because, again, the planets play with each other. Mm-hmm. So That's why I said well, exactly what I said. It's like throwing dart at a dartboard. You're going to hit something. You're not going to probably be pinpoint on what you're on, but you're going to hit mm-hmm. something. You're going to score some points on the board. Well, so Mars is about drive and action. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ruled by Eris, the god, god of war. war yeah. And um, so Aries, the sign, is also good condition um, when it when Mars is placed in Aries. But um, Mars and Scorpio are quite sexual human beings, I would say. Um, they have a good sex drive, and um, they use that to not only fuel... Uh, just a sexual part of their life but that type of energy is sublimation when the sexual energy is used for creative purposes so you know you can sit there and play around be on tinder like mess around all day or you can channel that energy towards something you have this idea is going to happen and you want something for yourself so you literally throw all of that energy into it um but they're they're very like um, I don't want to say manipulative, but they know how to get through to someone they do not tolerate when someone lies to them because they're analyzing this in such a way where not only the person's physicality is giving off their energy, but they're just very attuned to like how to get through something with this intuitiveness, I would say. It's a bit of a scary placement because when they're angry, it can build up and almost create this action where they take out this anger spitefully or vengefully. And they may not even know that it's because they're being spiteful because it's such a pent-up anger for that moment, depending on whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. But, like, if they have a vendetta, you can guarantee, like, some of what they're doing is fueled by a vendetta of some sort, um, but also just their own passion. They learn to transform negative energy into positive energy, depending on how it's aspected. From you saying this, I feel like, just from like on, on another tangent of astrology, people could 
people would definitely say like that's just a general statement about anybody. You know what I mean? Anybody can be that way. Mm-hmm. At the same time, how many people know their whole entire birth charts to to even kind of be able to grasp that? I guess they don't exactly. They know so, their sun sign maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's just like the surface, you know. It's super surface level. So that's that's the thing is. Someone can tell you something about the body. Say, like, just one of your friends says, oh, like, the brain, it does this, or, like, you're you're only feeling that way because of this. But are they a doctor? Have they studied that subject that has jargon in it that must be used in order to communicate and diagnose correctly? Using those big communication words, jargon. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, nobody knows what the fuck Uranus means or, like, mm-hmm. uh the sun like people don't know what that means but because you know you have to you have to dig deep if you want to actually get to the truth mm-hmm. exactly you know and kind of reminds me of we say the truth at least kind of reminds me of a uh, plato's allegory of the caves at least mm-hmm. when it comes to like being shown the light being seeing the light and actually taking it in for what it is and not just what the projection of what it's showing you mm-hmm. you know what i mean I kind of got that kind of sense when you just said exactly. that a little bit. You know? That's exactly what it is. Yeah, you're a Leo, right? I am a Leo. Yes. yes. What's your, so what's your moon? I have an Aries moon. How does that work? What do you mean? I know like, I know Aries and Leo both come from fire. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess me being, like I said, water, well, I was a Pisces, and then like fire as a Sagittarius. And like, then air as a rising. You know, exactly. You know, I kind of think about how like, I guess the elements kind of together too in definitely our life, you know what i mean yeah like I, i'm telling somebody else like air and water makes what a fucking hurricane all right mm-hmm. i say water and fire makes what smoke or yeah. steam you know what i mean so yeah. it's just like that is so cool like kind of thinking about it that way you know and like other ways like kind of like water will basically like i guess nurture the earth i guess water replenishes the earth and mm-hmm. nurtures the earth and everything else so kind of things like that and kind of just kind of putting hand in hand and like yeah. air air fuels the fire you mm-hmm. know what i mean exactly so it's like and then fire can destroy the earth but also these things can also fire provides light fire provides yeah. everything uh, warmth you know what i mean so it's like you look at what the elements are and you break down how they apply to people and everything else and then you kind of see both the good side and the bad side of what you can do as a person you mm-hmm. know what i mean because i feel like we're all on that spectrum of like what we can do as our full functioning people and what we can do completely just disconnected from everything. We got free will. Exactly. Yeah. Do you, you really think we have free will? Um, I think there, it, that's a really difficult question because you can be born with a genetic condition and your life is completely affected. Say that you have like muscular dystrophy or you have some type of disease that's going to cause you to die in nine years incurable it's no question I mean you have control over the time being but Mm -hmm. it I mean you're made aware that you don't have control over how long you're going to live I mean if you're I feel I have control over my life I mean do you I feel like we all do I guess getting to a point in which you feel like you have yeah. Because you know what, I mean? what you what you feel and what is are two different things, you know, or can be two different things. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's kind of like your intuition versus, I guess, you're just pure thinking. I guess. 
Logic versus Lo- intuition. Logic versus intuition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's one thing, especially like lately, it's like I realize like sometimes if I don't think with something, it's, it works fine. You know what I mean? Yes. And then like the, in other situations, I do have to put thought into things. You know what I mean? Yeah. In order for it to work. Because if I go in with straight intuition, I might fuck it up. You gotta, you, know I mean? you gotta balance out. Know which ones require that. Like honestly, I notice when I'm studying, I have this project that I'm working on, and if if I try and focus so much on it, like I'll fuck up because I'll keep going back and forth and make sure that. But if I just kind of let go and I'm like, no, it's this, it's this, and this, I go back and look and it's fine. So I think like, I I know what you mean. I think it's a lot of anxiety too. And that's something I've realized, especially in the past two years, that I have had a lot of and been dealing a lot with it. I've not, I've yet, I have a podcast that says we should all see therapists. I've yet to see a therapist, and even then, I just want to know what it's going to be like actually sitting down and talking to somebody about everything that I feel going on in my head, mm-hmm. and actually getting kind of a more or less concrete concrete feedback you know what I mean yeah about what I could be feeling or why I may be feeling a certain way mm-hmm. and really digging into my life and different aspects of my life and even my past in some ways that can affect why I am the way I am now you know yeah so that's a funny point you bring up because with therapy you get to release everything and they kind of use I don't want to say the Socratic method because I don't think it's that probing I think they try and stay like human with you and and hear you to where they're not like I'm not really sure but like do they give you anything to do about it like can they tell you about yourself and I think astrology can be a therapy Mm -hmm. I think whenever I talk to people and I see the problems in their chart I express that this could be the cause of it but you have control over that now that you know this because I've pinpointed something really specific that's freaking you out and so you know there's like some truth behind it at least you perceive there is so now you can do something about it Mm -hmm. and i i think that's a type of of therapy for like some people it can be it definitely can be huh one of my therapists said that he had an astrologer i was like that's cool how was that like what do you do like go in depth about it he said that he gave her, and he was a good therapist, and he had told me after I expressed how astrology was affecting my life at that time because I think I did have trouble with astrology being very controlling over me. Um, but he said that he had someone who he would talk with on a month-to-month basis, and it was a woman that he had been speaking with for 28 years, and she would talk with him through things because once people accept that their chart could be a reflection of themselves they want to know what's going on so then predictive astrology is used but rather than it being like in 10 years this is going to happen i would just tell like like a fortune teller almost yeah, yeah I mean. like that's some bullshit don't <laughs> tell me what you like that there the, no way mm-hmm. but you can tell me what's going on today in the clouds mm-hmm. it's like weather like yeah. tell me what's going on today i don't want to know what you think might happen in 10 years like, i mean like just like just like i said you know even the sun being out can affect your whole mood yeah the sun oh my god i i love to be i love summertime because i can just go outside be fine be good the sun is beaming fuck exactly that's why i usually like especially i 
hate it nowadays with daylight savings time because sunset is basically 4 to 5.30. Yeah. And so, like, usually I would spend that, like, 5 to 6.30. I'll still be spending that 4 to 5.30. I'm, I'm outside. I'm at the park. I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. Just, like... Always active. It's, it's a release. You know what I mean? Especially, like, pandemic-wise and people just kind of still being not as being weary about going places and stuff yeah just being able to get out of an environment just changing your perspective on certain things yeah you know and just being able to just go outside just even hear birds chirping and just look at trees and shit you know yeah and all the plants give off serotonin and shit too so yeah yeah but uh, wait so i'm gonna give you my whole you know my whole birth chart because you say you you giving me parts of my birth chart so i assume you know most of it okay i'm gonna try my best guess so i know you have your sun in pisces i know you have your moon in sagittarius and i think that's at four degrees and then you should just you the, should the, just the degree level like makes sense makes, like makes it's what caused the relationship between the planets okay like how you say two fire signs like how does leo sun and aries moon work well if they're both at eight degrees then they make a zero degree trine which means that it's hitting hard you see, but if they were 10 degrees apart, it may not be as prominent. It's still kind of there. Mm-hmm. Like, right on top of each other. I'll go ahead and read it. See, I can go ahead and read mine off. I can read put, put, a, put in astro charts. I know it's astro charts. Can you, yeah, I, what, I forgot which one I used the first time. I think so, I used, like, Cafe Astrology the first time I ever did one. The best one to use if you're curious about astrology is astro charts. And um, it should come up to, like, a beige page. You'll type in your birth chart information. You're going to need a birth time if you want it completely accurate. Um, and I always recommend people to ask their mothers because their moms know. Or it's on your birth certificate. Birth certificate. That's where I found mine. Yeah. And you'll type in the information, and um, it's going to pull up a, a wheel with the 12 signs. How to read that, it gives you how to read that below so if you scroll down you'll see sun moon rising venus mars mercury etc then if you go down further you will see um the aspects that the planets make with each other the top aspect is uh the most prominent and you can look at aspects as drama relationships between the planets that happen if you have anxiety maybe you think too much maybe you aren't good at speaking, maybe um, you're really good at like sports or soccer, or maybe you are interested in learning languages more so than other people. Maybe you like working with technology, you know, not all people do. Um, And you wanna see, even if you just wanna see if it's accurate, but um, the relationship will depict that. And if you go down further, you will see the house system, which um, in my opinion is 50% of the chart because this shows where your love language goes do you put it into baking foods in a bakery is that where you find your fulfillment do you find it in like being spiritual with the person do you bond over spirituality like what are you looking for in a person um i just got to the house part actually at the very bottom so okay entire birth chart i think i've read it off on the podcast if you go if you go up let me just try and guess this again so four degrees moon in sagittarius yes okay Mars, 11 degrees in Scorpio. Damn. <laughs> Venus, 18 degrees in Aries. Saturn, 0 degrees in Taurus. Neptune, 3 degrees in Aquarius. Pluto, 
10 degrees in Sagittarius. Uranus. Uranus. 13. 14. You're nice. Okay. On. 14 in Aquarius. And then now, I know Uranus and Neptune don't change for at least like a couple years, right? So Uranus shifts every, oof, I want to say eight years. I was about to say, like, is that where generational shit comes from? Yeah. Okay. Like, once you get past the personal planets, like, Saturn is every two and a half years. Jupiter is um, every seven years. And then Uranus, Neptune is, like, every 11 to 13 years. Pluto depends, like... Pluto can range from 10 years, or I guess more like 13 years to 25 years. So when it says, let's see, wait, what's my, you already said Venus, what's my Mercury? Aries. What degrees? You've been good this whole time. Oh, you, oh, you literally only been w- literally one off the whole time. <laughs> Bro. I'm going to say, I don't know, 22? Three degrees. Three. Three Okay, gotcha. So, yeah. So, it goes entire chart. Nice. Pisces, Sagittarius, Aries, Aries, Scorpio, Aries, Taurus, Aquarius, Aquarius, Pluto, Sagittarius, North Node. What is the North Node? The North Node is, um, I'd say, like a more spiritual way of looking at the chart, but I do think that it helps. Um, Socrates actually made some sort of, like, well, Plato, like they put this in the in Plato's Republic, where basically what Socrates is telling you you're obligated to do is study enough and get a great enough education to become happy, um, and study philosophy to live a philosophical life and be like aware. And he says that by doing this, you, when you die, what happens, you're able to choose your next life and like what you think is the right thing to do, where your path is going. Um, And if you don't live a philosophical life, it's chosen for you. Now, nothing like that, I don't think can be depicted by a chart, but the North Node basically represents where you're trying to go, what you're trying to, the energy you're trying to focus on during this lifetime. Um, and the south node is what energy you got really comfortable with in your last life mm-hmm. and something that you can use, they're always opposite, um, to fuel the north node. So mine's in Virgo. I would say that's contributing to society, trying to live a healthy, clean, pure life, like knowing boundaries of reality. Virgo is very grounded. It's ruled by Mercury. So like, um, or rather Virgo rules Mercury. And um, I would like to live a more structured and clean life. I've had problems in the past. Like, I got arrested in this town three times. Uh, yeah, hey! No, hey, we've been there. We've been there. What'd no, you get arrested for? Marijuana. That's such... Yeah. Bullshit, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> nah, yeah, that's, it, it happens. Fuck it's it. the system, man. The they system. just want your money. They, they don't want us to have fun. That's really it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was actually watching some shit on... It was the news, and it talked about how weed is legal to a point where 50% of America can access it legally. Why the fuck is it still illegal? That, is, that just makes zero sense at all. What, the federally ma- or? In- uh, federally. Yeah. That the majority of Americans have the, ap- have the accessibility to legal weed. 
And it's still illegal for the majority of rural America. It's a good justification to put people, grab people into the system, put them in the system, and take the money. The system is real. Like people. The system's real, y'all. It's a money. It's, it's a big ass money grab. It's and we're. Big, this isn't like dissing. I'm sorry. This isn't dissing any political side. I just want to say that. It's it's more of just a. It's been going on for for years. You know. And it's like it's it started long time ago from when I don't know I don't want to say it, but I think like 1500s 1600s I think it stems at least the war on drugs at least when it comes to that it has nothing to do with morality it, it I really don't think it is because why is it that if I get caught with a to get caught with it you know what I mean why is it that I'm so dangerous for just possessing this? I have to be taking off the streets from. I'm so I'm, I can't be on the streets anymore just because I have this in my hand. You know what I mean? And weed. Like said, yeah, weed. Exactly. Like literally, I'm such a danger to everybody that the authorities have to come take they me. They don't off the think streets. you're a danger to anybody. Exactly. It's a big ass money grab because the first thing you gotta do when you get in there, you gotta pay that two thousand to get out. Then you got all kind of lawyer fees. Then you got court fees out the ass. You got ticket fees. You got fees that you didn't even know were even court fees. Like, it's, then you got the community service, then you got the drug class. I hated them fucking drug classes. I didn't take a drug class. Oh. I just went to community service. Oh, how many hours? 180. Oh, shit. I got 25. <laughs> uh, you don't even know. Okay, but look, they made me feel like an addict for maybe about three weeks. So. Really? Eh, about a week. But still, like, we'd be in there on Zoom. They were all on Zoom from 6 to 9 o'clock. Oh, yes. okay. Uh, the drug classes. That's drug right. Classes, yes, six okay. to nine o'clock, and you have to literally write out like what the pro like, like trying to get over your problems and stuff and everything else. Like, well, what do you what did you like identify your issue as? Like, I was perfectly fine before I got arrested. If we're being real, <laughs> like honestly, I was doing good, but at the same time, looking, well, they have to make a sheet for everyone. There's people in there for meth, heroin, meth, exactly. I don't know about. I don't know how many heroin addicts there are in College Station, but you'd be surprised. You'd be I'm very, sure I would. Yeah, actually, you would, but you wouldn't. It's like weed. It, it really is because you you kind of realize a lot of more people do it. I went to rehab for four months, and it was weird. Senior year was a, a weird year for me, but I met a guy who actually went to A and M, and he was addicted to heroin. comes to because i've never felt like i had to go to rehab for anything if anything looking back on what i was doing before i got arrested is probably a good thing because i might have been going down a darker path without even knowing it sure but i guess like when it comes to like that probably been a time where no i'll take that back because i'll be able to differentiate like when i worked at my past job right i go in and before right and like i guess now more or less, it's like, well, even then, like, before then, like, I'd never do that, you know what I mean? I'd never even think about that, you know? Well, did you ever try any other drugs? The, alcohol, of course. Alcohol, uh, shrooms, I've done shrooms before. Um, and then MDMA one time. Three times, take it back. <laughs> See, yeah, and, like, it's good to stay within that realm, the ones that aren't highly addictive, because once you hit or like take a drug that is very addictive it's not a psychedelic it's not alcohol though i will say alcohol is very addictive but certain 
Whereas a heroin, if someone injects heroin for the first time, they have a much higher chance of getting addicted than someone drinking alcohol for the first time. So, like, I never got arrested for weed. I got arrested for Xanax, and I was pretty into it because I felt it calmed my anxiety, but I wasn't taking it prescribed. It wasn't the right way I was going and buying it, so I happened to, like, just I'd got some, and I I had gotten arrested for that. And my dad knew, like, my dad would find me sleeping on the couch with, you know, like he couldn't wake me up and they would have, they just knew my, my stepmom and my dad knew that I was doing that frequently. I got, I wasn't able to run track like starting or end of junior year because I slept in my car instead of go to practice. Cause I took a Xanax during class and then like, I didn't finish a history test and I had to take it the next morning. But like, that was cause I was sleeping and then one time I took it before I went to chemistry and one of my teachers was like, you just need to go to the nurse and sleep. So I went to the nurse and slept. And then after that senior year, beginning of senior year, I was deep into it over the summer and I got arrested September 9th and I didn't go back to Kinsol because like it was bad. My mugshot was like out there. Not that I really gave a fuck, but like in high school is just, you can't, People are so fucking mean. Like, yeah, well, nobody under, like, I don't think anybody understood, like, that I I was, I felt like I was going through a lot at home and I do have an addictive personality, but that's nothing I ever wanted to show. It just had to show because I was doing it. Mm -hmm. I liked Xanax a lot, so I went to rehab for it and I was young in there. I experienced a lot of older people that had real life shit going on. And that made me realize, like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't I don't want to experience that type of life. Like, I do want to get myself together, but it took my own will to to do, to do that rehab to me. My dad forced me in it, you know, which I am thankful, you know, for him and what he did. But like you got to want to go to rehab and you can't go when you're 18 to experience that. Mm-hmm. But I, you experienced that at a young age, probably just had like a complete like. I guess, like, I guess, epitome, I guess. You couldn't use your phone in there. I mean, you're exposed to people who have been on drugs like heroin, and you have to go to NA meetings three times a week. Epiphany. Excuse me. I said epitome. Epiphany. Epiphany. (laughs) Yes. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. I mean, but drugs drugs can be used in a positive way. They can. I've I've realized that. Like, I, I talk about, like, the first time... I really did like a good amount of shrooms is the first time I realized what mental health exactly was, you know, like Mm -hmm. the way I describe it, I saw a, I saw the state I was in at the time. I saw everything is just like golden, like a golden haze. Where were you at? I was out in the country. Okay. I mean, like, out by a That's pond. Cool. I mean, like, this is the way... This is the way you're supposed to take shrooms, okay? Yeah. Out in the country, just with my friends. I have no sense... The sun was shining because in the summertime. I have no sense of time at all. We're just fishing, just having a good time, laughing, being That's loud. Dope. And it's like... There's a part in me that remembered, I gotta go back to the real world, you know? And then just thinking about the real world... It's like the movie... Thir- the, the show, 13 Reasons Why... How whenever the girl's alive, it's, like, all, like, the brightness and everything. Like, a warm tint over it. Mm -hmm. Versus when she's not in the real world. And it's, like, just dark. It's, like, dark, gloomy, kind of, like, a blue tint over it. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how I saw reality. 
Yeah. You know, I saw, I was like, this is what, this is what, how our people should feel. This is the happiness people should feel at all times. But at the same time, I have to go back to that reality, which seems just so gloomy. Mm-hmm. You know, where I have to worry about bills and jobs and money and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, right then, I was like, what the fuck? Like, hey, get some psychedelic is, treatment. Hey, it's actually been proven yeah. over and over. That psilocybin therapy is four times more helpful than regular antidepressants. Yes. You know, like even just at, at microdose levels. You know? Yes. Because it's, I think that's how it's taken in those trials. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let like, me if you take like a, a hero dose, like a chill out. Hey, man. hey, hey! Go to another plane. Yeah, like just right enter right in some <laughs> different reality and shit. You know. Mm-hmm. But no, see, you can be just like that actually. If I ever come, uh, tell me if I ever come to you. If this comes to you in a dream, it's probably me. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. I'll be on the lookout. Hey. No, I just looked at that little... I got one. Look, hey, look right there. Look. <laughs> look at what? Uh, to the left, um, in the little cubby, right underneath, right underneath the TV. Uh-huh. Uh, the little cubby straight ahead. Yeah. And to the, all the way to the left. You probably can't see it, but it's a whole ass astronaut helmet. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's cool. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, go be an astronaut, bro. See... Fun fact, actually, there's been 18 African-American astronauts to go into space. Nice. Yes. That's a lot of school, ain't it? I mean, it might be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you gotta be you gotta be dead on. That's that's what you want to do. Right? Like, just, can you imagine going to space? Could you imagine going to space? Like, actually being away from, actually being able to look back and look at Earth. You know, like, if there weren't any risks associated with it at all and I could just do it, you know, yeah, that would be a, that would be, may never want to come back. No, you probably want to come back. No, no yeah. But that'd be mind-blowing. Run out of food and shit. Yeah, you gotta eat that astronaut, like. <laughs> run out of air and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. But, you know. Yeah. Eventually, you do, right? you do it for the, the experience. Fuck Dude, it. Right, right. You ever been, like, skydiving? You ever done, like, anything, like. Had like a big like rush, like adrenaline rush experience, kind of like. Thing. I like roller coasters. Um, adrenaline rush, running. I mean, I've been on a helicopter ride, but I've never. Not that I can recall ever been like, that type of adrenaline rush. It's Have like you? Skydiving. I've skydived once. Yeah, how it was it? I went to San Marcos actually, and it was. Everybody got to do it at least once. Yeah. At least once because it's just like. Your perspective on everything just changes literally. Maybe because for everything. some people. Some people I, I, I feel like you can easily well, walk out of that experience with nothing depending on who you are. Well, I guess like perspective in the moment of actually being above everything. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Seeing, exactly. And being above everything is seen you're like you're still in your same body, but it's like you're above everything and everything's just ants to you. You know, everything's mm-hmm. small. And like the free fall is like because the first ten seconds you free fall and it's probably like the biggest adrenaline rush you could I've ever had in my life. I would love to do it. Because, like, you're just falling through the sky. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. Like, if you're, if, <laughs> yeah, you can choose You see, fear. I'm kind of getting, like, hyped up right now <laughs> thinking about it. Like, it's it's one of those things, like, one of two things I say people need to do. If you can in your life, skydive. And also go to, like, New York or something. Because New York was cool. Mm, because, like, when I went to New York, like, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but, like, seeing... Things like the Empire State Building, Statue of Liberty, and things that I've only ever seen on TV and in books. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, like, being in Times Square for the first time was surreal. Yeah. Because it's like, you get 
everything. You get all the lights. You get all the people. You get all the taxis. All the culture. Blend. You get every, everything. Yeah. It's yeah. like all the food. It's, it's like all the food. Italian Italian district got the best food. Which, yeah. What was the best pizza? You had pizza there. Yeah, I went to a small pizza place. I don't. I wish I remembered what it was called. Little Italy. It was called Little Italy. Okay. It was a good pizza place. I mean, every I got a f- fake ass uh, palm reading there with some bullshit. Um, I got one in New Orleans because why not? Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I told that girl. I said you have some negative energy, and then I left after. I did not want to pay her, but of course I paid her. Mm-hmm. Rude. I said like, the only time, like the one time I went to a fortune teller, like I said, it was New Orleans spring break because I was in New Orleans, so why not? She told me, she told me some shit that actually like didn't come to fruition. Like thinking about it, I actually thought about it. Like while she was telling to me, get money. while she was telling me, I was thinking too deeply into it. I was like, huh, I do have some big decisions coming up. It's like, wow. Huh. I wonder who else has big decisions coming up. Every fucking body. She's gonna tell somebody the same thing she told me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm, but I don't know, like sex rings and shit. Oh shit! What? what for real? Oh, oh, the one like, I went to was. Wait, whoa! So you went to a, like a fortune teller that was like way out there, I guess. Like talking about sex rings and shit. Well, like she brought it up. No, so the guy, what I was there for was my brother, was going. He has a friend that works at a little restaurant on the corner. Mm-hmm. We went there to eat dinner. I saw the palm reading. I was intrigued. So she came outside to give me one. I was like, I don't want to do this outside in front of people. Like, why can't we just go in there? There was someone getting theirs read, like, which is fine. But um, first of all, that was kind of weird. It wasn't as um, personal. And then after I got it done, I went over there, and the waiter, the guy was like, there's been some issues with, like, people. They're basically prostitutes. Like, older men will come by at times that are the same guys and go in there. But they're not there for a palm reading, which could be an assumption. Mm-hmm. But at, at the, the same, same time, time it look, if, it, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it, chances are it's a fucking duck. It's a duck. So, <laughs> yeah. You know? I don't know. But New York overall was a fucking blast. Like, oh, yeah awesome culture what Couldn't was your live- favorite experience in new york mm. if you had to pick one well i went and saw this musical called stomp that was cool Which um, theater did you go to? it was one by a mochi donut place okay. i don't know it wasn't broadway because of um the gala was happening mm. that night which i didn't go to obviously but i would say walking around Times Square, because that's where our, ho- our hotel was, at 3 in the morning, because I'd gotten done partying with my brother, and I had a hotel. My parents got me a hotel alone. I mean, they were in a different room. So you're chilling. Um, I'm doing whatever, you know? I didn't smoke any weed there. I didn't... But, like, I was I was chilling, and I would just walk down, observe the people. Me and this home la- homeless lady talked for a while. She asked me for some McDonald's, so we went and got McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And then I went up to this you other... You gotta feed a homeless person when you're in New York. If you didn't feed a homeless person, you didn't go. Yeah, and it's not even... I mean, they're just, you know, interesting to talk to in they general. They really are. You yeah. Know? And, like, a, some of them are, like, really, really just nice, genuine people. Yeah. You know, they just had a bad set of circumstances happen to them. Yeah, I can't say this lady... I mean, she she wasn't quite, like... It's, she Look, people still have their problems, but you got... You just... 
fine with meal and that's that's fine and you talk to him a little bit but like then i talked to this other homeless guy that was definitely on some crack i shouldn't have done that because he started following me and he was following me down Times square this was at like four in the morning you know i'm just open for the experience i'm not afraid of things like that i'm i'm gonna not yeah like i know know that we're in the middle of Times square it's not like i'm gonna make the probability high that he's not gonna pull out a knife and stab me or do anything but he did start following me so after about a minute and a half there was this like big black dude next to me i was like hey like do you think that you could possibly you know um just stand with me for a sec and then once i did that with him like the guy just you know walked by walked away mm-hmm. and he stopped following me which was nice i was like thanks man and then like i got a snapchat with him and it was just a memory in new york you know one of those random things is like it's kind of it could be scary didn't re- didn't mean for it to happen at all but at the same time, it's a good memory. It's not even scary. Exactly. Well, it could have been scary. Could've it could have been. been scary, but like... I'm scared of crack. I'm not scared of crackheads, but like... Well, I went and yeah. talked to him, and I was kind of messing with him. But I wasn't being malicious. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. being rude or mean. I was just like, what's up? What's up? Like, I was just kind of fucking around with him. And, he, you know, the way you respond is, I guess... I don't know how people respond, but... New- respond. New York's a weird place, because like, I can remember... Weed's le- illegal in New York. I can remember distinctly people just rolling up weed on the sidewalk. On the sidewalk. When did you go? It was 2019. There's weed trucks everywhere now. Okay, never mind. It's legal there now. Okay, I was about to say, I was like, bro, this is, they say it is, but I'm thinking at the same time as New York, they have way bigger shit to deal with than just some weed. 100%. So, like. Yeah, this dude offered me, he was, like, under one of the alleyways on Times Square where you walked, you know, and there was, like, a, what do you call that, over the alleyway. So he was selling weed down there, but not like, oh, you want, like, he had a little thing, some different joints rolled up, and he was, you know, kind of promoting it. Mm-hmm. He, and he was in the middle of, like, lighting a, a joint. And I was like, can I have a hit of that? And he was like, well, you got paid for. And I was like, nah. And I walked away because I was just like, man, I get it, but I just want a hit of it. Mm-hmm. I feel that. It's Whatever. Like, uh, when I was in New York... Going to the Yankees game was A1. Uh, riding through Central Park on bike rides was amazing, too. Museums. Went to the Museum of Natural History. I yes. Very um, cool one. Yes. Uh, went to at least, like, three or four museums. Um, but I never realized Central Park was that fucking big. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the only big, green part in New York. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, and rode it. Even riding, like, a good three miles, I think. But it was a sunny day. And they actually would. It was a blackout when we were there, actually. <laughs> yeah, That's being in New York, like, yeah, like walking down the streets and then like all the lights go off and shit. It's like, Boo. Oh. Yeah, but no, we were fine though. It was cool. Yeah, that's was chill. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Now, have you ever been like to LA or anything? Mm-mm. No, oh, I actually might go like next week. That's cool. That's when my roommate just left. Actually, yeah, we're gonna head to LA. Okay. So yeah, I've never nice. been like west of Texas, like ever. What are you gonna do in LA? What's that mean? Smoke. Oh, okay. Yes, got to. Well, got of course, to. but it's not like you're going to go to L.A. and just sit in one spot and smoke. You know me? <laughs> Come I, on, bro. I could. I, do. I, mean, I, I easily could. But, sure, sure. <laughs> but, yeah, no, at the same time. Well, this one dude today told me um, the way our chiropractor's place is set up, I was getting one of my sessions done, and he was getting another one done on this one, so we just kind of talked to each other. And he's from California, too, and he said, like, they may not like it. I was like, why not? He said, it's a lot of homeless people. I was like... Hell yeah. I was like, I mean, shit, homeless people everywhere. I actually, I actually did a homeless podcast, too, about, like, homeless people. Uh-oh. 
That's what I did the last time. Oh, no, you're all good. But, like, a homeless people podcast. Uh, not a homeless people podcast, but, like, it was talking about how, like, basically there's 100, 500,000 homeless people in America, roughly. Yep. There's, like, 1.6 million vacant homes. Something mm-hmm. like that. I was like, oh. This could be solved easily. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think it would be easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, more you gotta have profit. You know what I mean? Someone has to make a profit nowadays, and someone has to create a system. Someone has to assign like homeless people to a certain location. Someone's got to get them there. Someone's got to give them resources to further maintain that home. Like, I think there's a lot more that goes into it, but I think the problem lies within people. And I love going to Airbnbs. Trust me, but, like people who invest in a property that they're never going to use except for renting it out to people who are of a higher income or, um, like, using it for college students, which is great. But, like, some people just buy a home or invest in a home and then they just do that for it to appreciate and then sell it and, like, renovate it up or, like, use it. I mean, capitalism. Uh, Yeah. Oh, capitalism. Capitalism. It's like... It's like, yes, because guys, we get to the point where it's like money and material. Like, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, as a, from a moral and empathetic standpoint, it's like, no. Nah. You know what I mean? Like, something should be, definitely be done. And I think a lot of people say that. I agree. However, someone's got to. You gotta want, like, like you said earlier, you gotta wanna help yourself. You gotta wanna help yourself and, like,. The consequences could be so detrimental to America's function, how they run their economic system, and someone's got to want it enough to put a structure in place and have it agreed upon by the government, which is a whole different, you know, problem to solve, is the dynamics between people wanting to help and the government who controls a lot of of things that have to do with homelessness. But, like, there's a lot of thought that goes into that, you know? I agree that it's something desirable, but we can't, like, expect it to just be done because, like, it's wanted or needed. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it for you? That's all you gotta say? On a subject? On that matter? I mean... I guess? Home, look, I did a... I was the devil's advocate for communism. I did a project over it for a few weeks ago, and it's bad. America uses... has an abundance... abundancy of resources... And we don't use them correctly to help the people that need it. Um, We almost are turning into a socialist country because the government provides so much aid. I watched a YouTube video over this woman who lives off her minimum wage salary at McDonald's and can barely make it for her kid. She has to pay all these fees, but she gets a lot of help from the government, a lot of aid from the government. So while the government is giving us and giving them money, they are trying to take more money from people in order to do, to do that so they don't go into debt. So things are more expensive. The taxing rates are, I don't know, it depends what bracket you're in. But still, it's like, it's a very, they want to be fed so they can feed, but they want to have control of it. So what I basically said was, like, we should have communism, which we should not. I am not advocating communism. Um, but so that's it's good on paper. Well, it's, good. It's, it's really good on paper for like, sure. I mean, when you apply it to humans, it doesn't really work. It doesn't. And I think Marx was right about the mode of production, like capitalism. He was great at pointing out the problems with it and the 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 consequences that us as a society suffer 
because it's bad. But Mark just did such a shitty job in his rhetoric approaching it. I mean, for the lower class to basically overthrow and, like, kill the higher class, the bourgeoisie, Mm -hmm. and then take over the manufacturing, like, the means of production, the resources, and then the people have control over what they distribute. I get it, but... I think Marx was way too black and white in his approach. and Because humans aren't just black and white. Yeah, but he wasn't for revisionism, which is where you take it step by step. He didn't think that's how communism could work. You have to completely overthrow a mode of production in order for there to be change, which maybe he fucked it up, but the Russians, they did try to apply communism, and what did that turn into? Totalitarianism. So it's like, it's there's such repercussions and like America has such a large population and we are like the most powerful country in the world yet we struggle to home over 500,000 people. We struggle to house, we struggle to provide adequate medical care. Education. Everything. You know, it should be the greatest country in the world, you know, but at the same time, look at what it is, not to where it should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just kind of a point of that like, you can't make everybody happy. You cannot make everybody happy at all. And I once we start seeing each other as I guess like I said, as we should see each other as a neighbor you want to help, you know what I mean? Yes. Once, once you start see, just go down the little things, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just trying to help each other, I guess, spread light, I guess. Then I guess we'll just eventually spread on, I guess. Yeah, and there's ways to do that without any monetary exchange. It's not that – now, it'd be great if you have a couple extra dollars and you were going to go use that on something like cigarettes and you instead decide to give that to a homeless person. I mean, shit, they may use it on cigarettes, but that's where it's like it's not about the monetary exchange. You can go up to a homeless person or just a stranger that you normally wouldn't. Maybe someone out of your comfort zone that's not – you can tell they're not in your cultural – um identification sphere but just starting a conversation with them and being that light that you were talking about just communicating and having one small conversation about the day and then being like it was nice to meet you and trying to expand your social sphere of identification to where these tensions that we have between each other because of pent up spite that like racial gender issues um hierarchical like economic issues have caused can be dissipated you have a conversation with you have no idea where they're from what they do how much money they make you're just having a conversation and then you start to see the world as something that isn't run by this system of of race gender um social status and money money yeah. it's run by just like conversation and being a person that's why that's the good part of small talk a lot of people don't like small talk a lot of people think small talk is like pointless. It just no. You can create a balance. You can. It's like that's what we're doing. Small talk, exactly. Small talk reminds you that there's other people in this world. There's other people that you can have an intelligent conversation in this world that you can actually connect with mm-hmm. about something that doesn't even mean that might not necessarily mean anything in the long run. But at the same time, just for right now, you know, it's, yeah, it's just we're here. You know, this is our little universe of ideas. You know, and we yeah. can being able to, I guess, feel like we can express freely yes you know? and like it, it goes back back to mental health psychology and everything else you know yeah so hmm. agreed yeah you know how long we've been going on this podcast an hour hour 20 minutes really yes felt like what 30 didn't it yeah yeah i was taking a high guess 
Like, you know, it's like it, it, it. This how it goes. Like especially like once you time, time is. Time yeah. man made, baby. Hey. But yeah, so we, we cut it off right there. You said, I mean, you like we should do an outro or something. Outro, right? we gotta do an outro. We're gonna do an outro. Okay. All right, so Kevin Jackson podcast. Do you want to plug anything at all? Instagram. Twitter. Yeah, um, if you want to get into fitness or if you're interested in watching like the community as such, get more tips um, or see cool content, you can follow me on Instagram at J-S-C-H-E-C-F-I-T, J-S-C-H-E-C-F-I-T. Um, other than that, yeah, just, uh, just hit me up on there. Um, I don't even know what else to say. I love food, so come to me with all your food ideas. We all love food. But yes. It was a great podcast. Yeah, Thank that you for being cool. on. Yes. Yeah, that was cool. All right. Good talking to you, brother. Always. We'll definitely do another one. Yeah, definitely. that was cool. All right. Jessica Schechter, everybody. No, Schechter. Schechter. I said I messed up again. Schechter. 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 Jessica Schechter, everybody.